I know right. that I put in net backup 3.2 just for Y2K. You could restore it and rescue me from You had my You How Hi and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All Podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, aka Mr. Backup. And I have with me my difficult neighbor consultant, Persona Maliandi. Hey. How's it going, Persona? <laughs> Get off my lawn! Get off my lawn. I'm good, Curtis. How are things going with you? Uh, well, I, hopefully today the fence guy shows up. Um, he might actually be already out there, you know, doing stuff. We hear stuff. some banging or some yelling. It's probably the fence yeah. guy. Um, I have a very difficult neighbor, um, and, uh, we won't go into the details, but, uh, suffice it to say he was, he was bad enough or is bad enough that when I bought this house 15 years ago, he was actually disclosed like in the disclosures of the property, which, you know, like, like so much toxic waste in the backyard, right? He was, he was, they said, Hey, just so you know, there's this guy next door. And we, we initially thought, that it was more about the, the the owners that owned here because they were doing there was a list of things that they were doing that were just not cool and it turns out no it was it was more about him so now we're in a battle over a fence and uh, the fence hopefully will be um, and the thing is it doesn't need to be a battle it, it, it's a it's yeah. it's common property don't they say fences make good neighbors good no they say good fences make good neighbors yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that <laughs> bad fences with a bad neighbor makes for a very bad situation especially when said bad fence falls over and hits his house and makes yeah. a tiny nick in his stucco and he blames me for it even though it's common property and whatever anyway forgot to mention persona and i do both work for druva this is not a druva podcast the opinions that you hear are our own so anyway. we have we have another uh, anonymous guest this week um he agreed to speak to us on terms of anonymity and so uh all we're going to tell you is that he has been in it around the same amount of time as i am so he which makes him old so we're, i think the i think the the moniker that we gave him as his uh pseudonym is apt uh welcome to the podcast none other than gandalf oh thank you <laughs> uh so thanks for agreeing to come on let's see where where do we start so you 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 know, when I asked you, you said you've been in IT around 30 years, which is a, which is about what I can say at this point as well. When you first started in, um, you know, in doing backup things back in, you know, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, everything yeah. was all tape, I'm assuming. What oh, tape yeah. drives were you using back in the day? Oh, geez. We were using those little tiny ones. It was a spark station. Everything was- Oh, a spark station. So yeah. DDA, D D DAT drives, DDS drives? Yeah, the little tiny tapes. Yeah, a little four millimeter guys. That, that yeah, spark stations. I'm pretty sure came with those. Mm -hmm. And you were using, uh, I believe you said in the pre-call, you said you were using Networker back in the day. Yeah, the, we used the uh, the spark station. That was before mm -hmm. the Networker time. Oh, but, oh. Uh, so what were you doing with the spark station? Was that like dump and tar kind of stuff? Yeah, we were taking. It was it was actually a system that was put in by uh, by Agfa. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, geez, I want to say early '90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so, the, so yeah. you were using an actual commercial backup product, just not Networker, or it was? No, no. This was just command command line. 
Okay, so just like Dump and Tar and CPIO or whatever it was back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, yeah, very similar to how I got my start. I, I, I had I had mainly HP servers. Um, uh, well, we had HP, AIX, Solaris, SunOS, and we even had a Vax that was still in the in the uh, the data center. But I, <laughs> so the guy, there was a guy. Uh, his name's Ron Rodriguez, who who was the backup person, but he also knew stuff about the Vax. When he gave me the job of backups, which is how I got my first backup job, I purposefully didn't learn about the VAX, right? Because I knew I knew it was not long for the world. And so if there was anything anything from a backup and restored perspective that had to do with the VAX, I would go, ah, I I don't even I don't even know how to log in. Go call go go call Ron. Yeah, those were the days. And then you and then you migrated from that to Networker. What versions were you using back then? Uh, back then it was Networker version four, I think. Mm. This was this was a long time ago. That's back yeah. when uh, we just we had just bought a dual four hundred megahertz deck alpha. Wow. You know, Windows <laughs> so I was like, Wow, you know, I don't think NASA has one of these things. Yeah. And, uh, we had a little a little auto tape library that was running yeah. some LTO tapes with networkers. So yeah, yeah networker was pretty good once you got it set up, but then, you know, we, we've had, we had some issues with it where it created an unrecoverable situation. So, and the support couldn't even help me. So what happened or if you understand what happened? Yeah. It, yeah. I can remember because they use save sets when they put their, their information. Yeah. So they have like a little catalog or whatever. And I was going to do a recovery and it said, oh, well, you know, your recovery files on this save set. And then it didn't know where it was. And wow. so support couldn't That's even weird. get that. So, yeah, I thought that was weird too. Yeah. <laughs> so it, so it knew the, it knew the name, the name of the save set that yeah. it needed, but it didn't know which tape that save set was on. Yeah. I couldn't find it. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not happy about that. My worst, and again, this is 100 years ago, and Networker's still around, and I'm, I'm sure it's gotten a lot better since then, but my worst Networker thing was when they went to, I believe, 5, and they added the fast and silent option and labeling the tapes. Do you remember this? I think I was talking about it. Yeah, it used to be that when you labeled tapes, mm-hmm. um, you had to label them one tape one, one tape at a time in in one drive. And it would ask you, you, you may remember this, every time you relabel the tape, it would say, hey, um, do, are you sure you want to relabel this tape? And it would ask you that every time. And there was a, there was a feature that they, they said fast and silent. So it would use all the drives. So it was much faster and it was silent. It wouldn't ask you. But uh, if you clicked it sort of the wrong way, you would uh, quickly and silently relabel all the tapes in your tape library. <laughs> and that's what I saw a consultant do at a customer in Southern California. Ouch. And uh, that was not, that was not a fun day. So you migrated from Networker to what? Uh, we went to NetBackup. Mm-hmm. And so when did you, like what version of NetBackup were you first? Oh, this was NetBackup five or six, I don't remember. So this would have been in the mid 2000s, I'm guessing. Um, no, this was, let's see. Well, yeah, I guess that, yeah, I guess that's probably about right. Or early two thousands. Cause I, yeah. I have a very specific, like I, I'm not really good with versions in time, but I know right. that I put in net backup 3.2 just for Y2K. 
<laughs> and I know that that was um, that was the newest version at that time. So yeah. if you were yeah. looking at five, then that was sometime after uh, two thousand. Yeah, I remember Y two K very vividly. Yeah. Did you have any Y two K issues? I mean, you guys. I'm guessing yeah. you did a lot of Y two K work. Oh yes, yes, we did. And uh, no, we didn't have any issues. And in fact, somebody said to me, "Hey, you know the the cafeteria because where I work at, you know they they serve lunch for you for free." And they said, uh, they're serving steak and lobster. And I thought, yeah, right, whatever. Because I know it's a Saturday. And, right. and I thought, that's funny. And he's like, no, really? And I was like, yeah, that's a good one. I'm not going to bite on that. And so I happened to, of course, I'm working that Saturday. And I said, I'm just going to walk over there and find out. And you know what? They had steak they and had lobster. Steak. Wow. wow. To, to, as yeah. a thank you to all the people doing the, the yeah. Y2K work? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm lucky. Yeah. The company that I work for, they, they, really, um, they really honor their employees. So. Well, that's good. I, you know, uh, people that weren't part of that, some, uh, some people refer to that as the biggest non-event in IT history, <laughs> to which I say, you're welcome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much. So I remember, so unfortunately I wasn't working. I was still in school. You were a baby. <laughs> yes, I was, I was in school, but I do remember, so my dad used to work for Tandem Computers at the time, working in their nonstop kernels, and I remember him being nonstop working in the office because, right, those systems couldn't go down and no one knew what would happen with Y2K. I, at the time, was consulting, actually, for Intuit, uh, you know, the makers of Quicken and TurboTax and all that, and I was working 95 hours a week. It was both a... Y2K preparation, as well as a major upgrade of the net backup that they were running at the time. It was a major upgrade to go from, uh, oddly enough, a major upgrade to go from 3.1 to 3.2. It was, <laughs> it was one of those versions that changed everything. And, uh, and also we were completely redesigning um, to bring in another um, a, a product from your former employer there, Persona. It, it, it involved BCVs. Uh, uh, you know, from uh, Symmetrics, yep. you know, now non-text data can be stored directly in a database. Back then, if you had non-text data, you stored it outside of the database and you referenced it in the database and the two had to be kept in sync. And that was the problem uh, because the backup system couldn't do them both at the same time and all this stuff. And so the only way we could solve that was this, this BCV thing. What was it like when you migrated from Networker to, to NetBackup? Uh, that process was, was actually fairly straightforward because the NetBackup environment that we moved, um, the one system that used uh, Networker, we moved it over. It was standing up and running and it, it already was uh, fairly mature. So moving that system from Networker over to NetBackup was was pretty, you know, non-event. But mm -hmm. uh, moving moving along forward, when it came to upgrade NetBackup to the next version, you know, mm. and that proved to be a, a challenge because we had a lot of different versions of things going on that we have to, you know, we have to test. We had a, a test environment. And uh, so when we update it and we validate that, yes, their software does what it says it's going to do. And we would always find something. And sometimes <laughs> through these upgrades, it was things that, I mean, it, as, as someone that's, you know, trying to put this together and you're responsible for the data, you know, canned application should be able to span tapes when a tape fills up. Yeah. And under our platform, because we were running uh, HPOX, 
there was a known issue that we had to have an EEB to get it fixed where it wouldn't span a tape. Wow. And I'm like, how could, how could you release this as GA? <laughs> Us and not and support that. And, and I mean, this is the whole reason why it's so important to test what the vendor says their product can do before you actually right. put yourself out there. Yeah, it, it's amazing how that one bug appeared in numerous products, right? Mm -hmm. um, that you know, not not to not to let uh, Veritas off the hook here or Semantic, whatever they were back then, um, but. But I saw that same bug in probably at least two other products where uh, the, the, the data. In fact, it was what didn't that get mentioned by our other persona that the other person that was in that backup that this that yeah. same bug uh, showed up in there. Um, I, I agree that how do you, how do you how do you release a yeah. billion dollar like backup program that doesn't know how to span tapes on one of the major platforms, right? Right. Yeah, so it's not I, like it wasn't supported. So go ahead, Prasanna. So I, I had a quick question going back. Uh, you'd mentioned migrating from Networker to NetBackup. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of times people think about it as, oh, I'm just going to switch over, like switching an operating system from one version of Windows to the next version of Windows. But with mm -hmm. backups, you still have so much data sitting out there, right? Your older backups for 90 days, or I'm not sure what your retention time was or period was, but you have all these old backups. So in that case, were you continuing to run Networker in order to meet those retention periods or was NetBackup somehow able to ingest those? No, backups? no, there was no way to ingest uh, backup data from Networker into NetBackup because they're two wildly different products. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so what we basically do is when we get the net backup platform, you know, working with those servers that need to be backed up, uh, we, we just basically turn it on and we turn off the networker stuff. And then we just let the data expire by attrition. So, yeah, this is a, this is an age old problem that has really never been solved. Um, and, it, and it's honestly, it's not going to be solved until there's a, you know, I will reference system independent data format. There actually was an attempt at a format, uh, SIDF. I don't know if you remember that, uh, Gandalf. Um, back to, do you remember that? The, this concept called SIDF? No, uh, I don't. Okay. There, there was an attempt, uh, an independent entity that, that wanted to produce an independent tape format that could be used by multiple backup products, but the backup products didn't want that format to exist. Um, they didn't want it to be easy to move from one product to another, right? Sure, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. This has happened. I will say this has happened in the archive space, which, you know, brings up one of my hobby horses. Backup is not archive, right? This should <laughs> not really be a problem. You should not be keeping backups for 10 years <laughs> in a format that you, that, that this is a problem, right? Well, you, you so, hit the nail on the head. I mean, a backup is a backup to get you recovered to the last yes. known point in time. An archive yes. is a single repository of data Yes. for, you know, X amount of time on something else. And, and, and in the archive world, they have, this is one of those where the, the, there was a format or there is a format, LTFS, right? The yeah. linear tape file system. And then mm -hmm. basically customers pushed vendors to support, you know, each, each of those vendors has a format that is like, they would argue better than LTFS. They have like more features than LTFS. But obviously that format is not portable. And so 
many customers said, well, you need to support LTFS because we're going to use LTFS because if we, if you go out of business or we get tired of you, we want to be able to move and bring our archives with us. And that <laughs> has finally started happening in, in the archive space. It is not happening in the backup space. Um, right. and I, I don't know if it ever will, mainly because you shouldn't be keeping your backups that long. <laughs> right. right. right? No, I, absolutely. There's nothing worse than that. I mean, and, and that, of course, you know, that happened to, to, to us. You know, we had systems that were running on, uh, was it 3592s, IBMs? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah, well, you know, we got to keep this data for five years or no, we need to keep this for legal hold. And so we need infinite retention. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> forever? Are you crazy? You know, what's weird is that you would think that the legal side would be on my side here, right? Because no one, in, in my opinion, no lawyer that, that, knows what they're talking about right. would just randomly tell you to hold on to data for an infinite amount of, infinite amount of time. It, it's, right. it's literally the opposite. Unless you've got a regulatory requirement to hold something, you should right. be getting rid of it. Right. Well, that's the whole question, right? Fear of the unknown. So you have these people that they don't know. And so they're going to default to their greatest fear, which is keep it forever. But well, their, there their was, greatest there fear was- should be a lawsuit from a backup from 10 years ago. Right, it's the fear of discoverability because that's yeah. what you put yourself in. So the the solution, the solution, or I shouldn't say it's really a solution. That's not the right term. Mm. But of course, uh, encryption became a big factor. So the tapes that leave the tape library, they have to be encrypted. So yep. we had them encrypted so well that there were times where I was afraid that we weren't going to be able to read the tape <laughs> <laughs> if it was ever required to do it. And so we had the EKM running on the mainframe and uh, open systems tape library. And so the tape libraries were requesting keys from this rack system on the mainframe. And, and uh, explain EKM for the listeners. Uh, oh, encryption management keys. Yeah. Uh, and Prasanna, does he need to explain what a mainframe is to you? <laughs> no, I know what a mainframe is. Uh, encryption <laughs> key management, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, encryption key management. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, okay, so let's talk about, but you, so you, you talked about your net backup experience, um, mm-hmm. of which I, I had quite a bit myself, right? I, did, I put in a lot of net backup in a lot of places. Um, mm-hmm. my very first net backup install was actually at amazon.com of all places oh, wow. back in 1998 when, wow. um, before they, um, had, they, they only sold books at that time. Uh, yeah. I was I was actually at Amazon the day that they installed what they called or released what they called their universal product locator, which was their ability to sell things other than books. Um, so that, that was that was a pretty big day back in '98. Yeah. Um, well, that had to be like Net Backup version four or something. No, no, this was Net Backup three dot oh, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. remember, three dot two, nineteen ninety nine, Y two K. That, that, that's stuck in my head forever. Um, so what, what, um, what, what other, you know, what, what was the experience like other than the, you know, I, I hear you about, I, I say a lot that the most, the scariest thing that you do in an environment is upgrading your backup server. Absolutely. Yeah. This this is the, the beautiful thing about a backup environment is it is the canary in the coal mine to the entire enterprise the health of the whole place. If you have a server that is unable to back up, the backup's going to fail. 
And <laughs> that is know, true. I know that sounded funny, but that, yeah. that could be because a database is down, an instance is down, a server is down, the network is down, a NIC has failed. You know, the 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 disks that the server is using, is, you know, an HPA went bad. It could be for any number of reasons. And so when you're in the seat of the backup guy, you're, you're kind of in the, the jack of all trades and master of none, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So you see it all. That, that's a, I, I really like that point um, that uh, it's funny. I, I, th- I thought you were just making a joke because I, I often make the joke that the that the uh, the six the, the the average success of a backup is inversely proportional to the importance of the server. It seems like right <laughs> that basically when when there's a failed backup, it almost always not almost always, but many times when there's a failed backup, it will be followed by a request for a restore from that server. And no. I, but what's funny is I never thought of the concept that you're talking about that backup is a canary in the coal mine. I I, I really like that. No, I don't know. If, do we do we need to explain that concept persona to to the average no. listener? No, I think I think people understand. <laughs> is that, is that common enough, and yeah, okay, yeah. all right, all right. Um, I mean, well, I I use by or the like way, Gandalf, I use, yeah, I use persona as as my would someone understand that because he's a he's a, a relatively young whippersnapper. <laughs> um, right. uh, yeah, so if you if if you don't know what that means, Google it. Uh, it's a, it's a thing. Um, so, it's, it's basically, it's a tool that will show you the weakest spot in your entire enterprise. Right. Because uh, if you have a system that's up and running and it's running fast and it's using a database and all of a sudden when you go to back it up, you can't back it up fast, it's an indication something's wrong. And one thing that the backup tools do, especially on a Windows platform, because they're, you know, in my opinion, they have no business being in the enterprise environment in the first place, but I know that that's not the way that worked <laughs> out. But, uh, you know, VSS, Oh, um, VSS. is a, a primary function of the Windows operating system to mm-hmm. snapshot active files or volumes so that you can, you can back them up. And when that function gets damaged in some way or another, the, the server can continue to function fine for the database, but internally there are problems happening in the OS, and this is being detected by the backup. Yeah. So the, we, uh, go ahead. We found that out many, many times and saying, look, you know, there, there's something wrong here with this system. And now recently, I mean, within the last, I want to say three months, I've seen it on actual directory structure files where I think it has something to do with the ACLs get messed up on certain files and, you know, the backups have come to a halt going, hey, you know, there's something wrong here. Yeah. Again, yeah. So Windows VSS, that's Volume Shadow Services. I think that's for the. I think that's what it is. Um, and and that's a way to create a snapshot. To by the way, it's possibly my favorite thing about Windows. Right. I'm I'm not a big Windows fan either. But I, I like Linux doesn't have and Unix doesn't have the concept mm-hmm. of VSS. And I really right. like I really like that implementation and the fact that it, it's a it's a it's an infrastructure layer to which you can program as a database product, right? So all of the main database products that run on Windows integrate with VSS so that when a backup product comes in, requests a VSS snapshot for the purpose of backup, 
it can talk to the VSS writers for each application and do whatever that application wants to be done before taking a snapshot. Absolutely. I think it's it's an incredibly elegant tool. It also fails a lot, right? right. Um, well, it, it does it does a lot. That's the thing, and it's kind of one of the unsung heroes of of Windows, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, no one cares about backup. Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, I, I, I even say no one cares about backup. They only care about the restore, right? You're absolutely right. 110%. Nobody cares and nobody should care about the backup. I mean, really, except that's, that's what our job is. But they they should care about the restore. And that is something that, that is near and dear to my heart. So when it comes time to do the restore, uh, I don't do Oracle database restores. I don't do SQL or you know, DB2 or any of that kind of stuff. That's something that the DBAs do, and mm -hmm. and that's what it should be. And I want them to have an enjoyable experience with the tool that is used to back up their data. It needs to be fast. It needs to be stable. It needs to be consistent and predictable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I have those things, everything is good. So you, so I'm I'm glad you brought up. So when you, uh, your sort of mo when you're doing database backup is you want to basically put the DBA of said database in control of that backup. No. Oh, no. Okay. No. You want them in want control of the restore. I want them in control of the restore. Okay. All right. So what does that mean to you then? What that means to me is, is, uh, we have, to, we have a very specific requirement on when backups happen and mm -hmm. I don't want to leave that to the DBAs. They need to have confidence and us that we will take care of it. They tell us when they want it backed up and when they don't and how often and how long to keep it. And so we go ahead and set that up and we schedule it. And then after that, it's just automated. And so, but when it comes time and they want to do a restore, they'll do a restore anytime they want. Or maybe they want to do a redirected restore. They want to take so prod and restore it to staging or whatever. So you've configured it in such a way that they're able to do a restore using their standard database tools without involving you correct is that okay all right correct. um so, so no, like in the case of in the case of oracle you're probably using rman yeah and so you've set up rman so that if they call the rman tool it gets the backups from wherever you're sending rman backups and they don't have to call you right the net backup policy just references a script okay so. okay right um, that, that is interesting because, uh, Prasanna and I talk about this a lot. Um, this really separates, uh, customers, some customers, the DBAs fight for that control. They want that. They, they don't trust this. This is absolutely a trusting persona. How would you describe that? Oh yeah. Like some, I've been in cases where the DBA is like, don't run your backup agents. I know what I'm doing. I know everything I want to do. I'm actually, I've actually been at customer sites where they told the backup team, yeah, go ahead and do your backups. But anytime it came to restores, they never trusted the backup team because in their mind, right, the database was their responsibility. So what I saw customers do was they would do local database dumps to expensive primary storage and keep like six or seven copies locally. And then the storage team would be like, why is my database growing so quickly? And why am I running out of space and having to purchase additional capacity? And it was all because the database team wanted to do things the way that they wanted to do. Yep. Yep. We run across that. But I mean, we also have to understand that with deduplication now, right? Because before it was tapes and tapes are cheap. Um, you know, we used to inline copy a lot of stuff and, you know, we'd have to offsite it, of course. And uh, 
with we still do that with the data domains right because it's just net backup on the front end and you know storage lifecycle policies making sure that the backup gets copied to the other city or whatever mm. uh, all that works out great uh, dbas are have been very happy now there is some added complexity with that configuration uh, because the net backup master server doesn't necessarily know which media server is in which data center right mm. so sometimes oh, when right. they go uh, to yeah right it'll pick one and uh, it'll pick the wrong one. So I have, I've got with the DBAs and I let them know, say, look, you know, just an FYI, before you start your restore, please get with us and just make sure that everything's going to work so that your expectations are met. And, uh, you know, I don't want to start this whole rumor cloud where people are like, oh, well, the backup system sucks and, you know, the performance is really bad and it never works like it should. And I'm like, that's not the case. I've actually had some new DBAs come in and start pushing around emails to a lot of people saying, well, the, the backups are corrupted and they don't work, you know, because they can't restore it. And I said, whoa, whoa, hold on now. I said, because... Because, you know, I've been working with, with Veritas for a long time now, and that backup, and uh, the backups work. I said, they validate themselves as they're written out the tar files. I said, so I said, we really need to look at what's going on. And it turns out that, you know, their settings for the SQL restore didn't match what the settings were to, uh, for the backup. Mm. So he had to change the transfer <clears throat> files and the number of buffs and all that. And then once he got it synced up and ran it, it worked perfect. Well, it's not working. Oh, yeah. Maybe I should have looked at the settings. <laughs> so I know you mentioned that, yes, we NetBackup sort of verifies before it goes out. And I know you had to sort of deal with, okay, make sure everything was set properly. But how do you sort of deal with, okay, backups aren't just something that it gets corrupt often or that just sits there, that backups are really like your lifeline, right? Or it's your copy of last resort, right? For a lot of people. And some people take it for granted or they don't understand that. So how do you go about sort of getting that point across to customers or to your end users, I should say? Um, I'm pretty fortunate. I mean, most of the guys that I've been working with, I've been working with them for 15 years. Mm. So, you know, naturally we have an organic relationship. And you probably save their butt more than once. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I don't know that it's really saving their butt. I mean, yes, I, I guess, I guess the answer to that <laughs> really is yes. We've done that a couple of times, or at least we've had the ability to do that yeah. with, you know, when, when they have the ability to, to do a restore because they've been put into a, a you know, a bad situation and they turn to us and go, well, you know, we, we can't use the asynchronous replication because that's jacked up too. Mm -hmm. uh, so none of that counts. And that's expensive by the way. Yep. Um, then they got to go back to the backups. backups and I'm sitting here with a smile and a Coke in my hand. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? you know, and they're like, Hey, we need this data. And I'm like, okay, let me check on it. Yep. I've got it. Um, uh, where do you want to put it? Oh, we want to put it here. Okay. Let me check it out. And I go in there and I said, okay, you're all set. Do your thing. And they, they hit the button and boom, it goes. Do and you have, their, oh, yeah. go ahead. Then they get their data and then they're like, wow, you know. And so then after that, there's no big hurrah party. It's just things worked as they were supposed to. And they get their data back and then they can focus on their mission critical stuff. And they forget about me. Which is you great. deserve a big hurrah party, Gandalf. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, 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 I throw you on. So no, do, you, do, do you have a process in place to do sort of test of your backups that you work with the 
application admins or the DBAs to periodically go through or just make sure like there's nothing funky or missing in the process or anything else like that? That's a great question. Uh, the the real simple answer is no, because sometimes no is the answer, yep. even though people don't like to hear it. <laughs> so that is something that's come up in our in our evolution and the enterprise is that we would like to have something that could do restores and even if it just pumps them to a null device and just make sure that hey yeah it did what it was supposed to do and that's it you can get, kind of get a report card on it right mm -hmm. so like like you were saying nobody cares about the backups and i mean all of the millions of dollars that we spend for the backup infrastructure nobody cares about any of that it's all about the restore and so when something goes bad and it has gone bad in the past and you blow away a whole big staging environment because somebody messed up some LUNs on an array somewhere <laughs> and now you have nothing to go back to except the backups and you got to stand up these things one at a time and restore them all that that can be really painful so you know having the ability to be able to do that you know fast is always going to be a, a a huge deal yeah. so we want to be able to have these things run in the background and do the restores. Now, what we do today is we do restores all the time between SQL and Oracle and DB2 and Informix and HANA and, you know, even got all the even, things, even <laughs> Exadata, right? Exadata is huge. So we, we're able to back up that data and, you know, we can support it. But we're always doing restores, so I don't necessarily know about them, which is the great part. But if something doesn't work right, you'll definitely hear about it. <laughs> yeah, you you know call. about them if they fail. I expect a phone call from our teams. I don't want an email. I don't want a text message or anything. I want a phone call, and that's a that's a one of the worst things that email has done is lose our ability to communicate. And so anyways, that's what I asked for. I asked for a phone call. Uh, Gandalf, you mentioned in our pre-call that, you, you know, you were looking towards the future. You're looking at moving off of net backup and looking at something else. Yes. What, what problems are you looking to solve by doing that? Because obviously you've been a net backup customer for a while. Sure. Uh, we're looking for a simplified licensing structure. Okay, that's one. Uh, obviously, they, most everybody now offers capacity-based, which is something that, I mean, we're, we're definitely big enough that we qualify for that. Uh, micromanaging licenses by clients and agents is just ridiculous. Yeah. So um, we also want uh, as smooth as possible overview of the whole environment that includes, you know, the, the subject that we just spoke about, which was the automatic restore verification, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we also want data governance as as part of what it is that we're reporting on, and uh, we want an, an easy to use interface that's flexible. So we kind of want, you know, our cake and eat it too, a single pane of glass, HTML5, all this kind of stuff because everybody hates Java now. Yeah, so I think we all hated it even when it came out, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rubric is uh, if I can use some names. Yeah, here. sure. Uh, they they offer some really nice functionality that we have found with the uh, you know VM, so we run a lot of ESX, and that system that platform seems to work very well with ESX, and so we're we're looking really uh, seriously at that 
and uh yeah i was know, i was going to say that w- one of the challenges that you'll have as you you know when you look at modern database or backup products mm-hmm. is that or you have a handful of products that aren't necessarily handled by some of the or most if not all of the newer backup products right if you look at cohesity veeam druva uh, uh, rubric uh, if you look at these products they've all sort of focused on virtualization linux windows and one or two databases they don't handle all of the databases that you mentioned right so that'll right. be a challenge whichever new product you look at how do, how do you think you're going to look at that? Well, I'm, I think I'm going to look at it like this. And one thing that's happened in the past is when you when you get wrapped up tight with one vendor, uh, sometimes you can kind of get forced into a position that, that is not advantageous to you as the end user, right? Um, li- you know, licensing costs will get higher, maintenance costs or just renewal fees. What, what I'm thinking here is that if you have two vendors that complement each other, you can actually use them with or against each other so you can get the best of breed like in the case of rubric specializing and working very well and seamlessly with esx since we do have a large esx footprint they also offer some uh, a tiny bit of cloud stuff but uh convol kind of is like the swiss army knife mm-hmm. you know they're kind of like yeah, convol is probably the most direct competitor to net backup i would say Right, right. Right. Like so in terms of some- the similar, similar list of functionality, but they're like net backup. They're a traditional, you know, they were written a little over 20 years ago. Sure. I mean, it's still a great tool. Yeah. But in your mind though, Gandalf, you're not worried though about having to manage multiple backup products because of the advent advantages that it, that each offer you, right. Rather than or sorry, Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> right. Well, what I find is that you know to get to get the the tools that, in just my opinion, that our enterprise deserves to have for our own users, uh, it's gonna it's gonna take at least two. Mm-hmm. And you know there there was some discussion years ago that we just wanted one tool to rule them all, but that's not gonna happen. That's that's. Well, kind that of sounds a- like what that sounds like what Gandalf would say. Right. <laughs> so that's not gonna happen. Uh, not anytime soon. Now. Like I said, we've done we've done POC testing with Commvault for like two years, so uh, that doesn't sound like a POC. Well, it is because it was it sounds two like separate, a two separate things. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so, yeah. We, <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like a PITA. Right, right. That too. But whatever tool that we put right now, and this is really important, is that you know the tool we're planning on keeping it for a minimum of ten years, yeah. and mm. so if if I'm fifty five right? Because I'm a young Gandalf. Um, by the time I'm ready to retire, this system's going to be going into somebody else's hands. Mm-hmm. And simplicity is a big part of this, not just for me, but for, for the people that are coming down the road. So there has to be some kind of succession planning and thinking forward to that level. And I want someone who's going to partner with us in business. And you know, I want a four-hour on-site response when I have hardware failure or whatever. I don't want this, oh, yeah, well, you know, in seven days, we'll show up with the part. That's not going to work. Yeah. And our business is important enough that if if we can't provide that service and we do have an outage, it's going to be a big problem for the whole state. So, But is there anything it's sort of final? You know, we've got like five minutes left before you have to go. Anything sort of final before you uh, 
before you uh, have to go? The support and service of the backup tool is paramount. Mm -hmm. And establishing a relationship with your vendors so that when you call them up with problems that you can get some kind of resolution to quickly. And, and that's really one of the key things. You know, it's great that their product works, but eventually all products will break. And right. you know, a new combination of something will come out that we don't know about today. And, you know, we'll have to figure out how to deal with that. And so just having someone that's right there and can meet your business needs is really important. So when you choose a vendor, you want to choose one that's going to be around, you know, and I know that's kind of tricky to do, especially when a new guys come out, but. And backup, like you said, it's not transact. You don't want it to be a transactional nature, right? You're establishing that trust relationship and you want them to be there when things break or when something changes, they're there supporting you. Not like, Hey, I'm, I sold you something. It's not like yeah. car sales deal dealer. No, no, it, it, it's not a perpetual thing. Right. So, when when I invest millions of dollars into a company, it's it's not just about their backup tool. It's it's about their company and their people, and that's really what makes it, everything work. Is at the end of the day, we're all people first. And so, like I said, I'm going to invest in a company that's going to partner with us in the good times and the bad times, and we'll work through whatever comes out to meet the needs and, and we'll move on. Now, if that partner all of a sudden decides that they don't want to be in business with us anymore and they give us a cold shoulder, well, then maybe it's time that we look at something else, you know, and that can always happen. But it really, it's about maintaining good relationships with the people that you're working with. And you're investing in them just like they're investing in us. All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Gandalf, for uh, for joining us. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Gandalf. And thank you, Curtis. Always a pleasure and good luck with the fence. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, as soon as I hang up here, I'm going outside to see what the fence looks like. All right. Well, uh, thanks to the listeners. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. And, and be sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. isn't worth a spit finally i needed your backup you had a chance to fix it instead it's all jacked up see how i'll write on facebook about you don't underestimate the things that i will do there was a file but i deleted it too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit
run Hoping that just for once it'll be completely done Maybe 